You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Wednesday, April 27th. Today, we're talking about how time is political by nature, governing everything from election cycles to environmental policies. Could reconfiguring the hours restore humanity's hope for the future? Before we get into today's top story, remember to check out our other Wired podcasts, Today in Wired Business, the war in Ukraine is prompting new emergency rules for the Internet. Checking in on Wired Science, we look at how making science more open is good for research, but bad for security. And on Wired Security, there is a simple way Netflix can cut off moochers without a password-sharing crackdown, give users the ability to easily boot unknown devices linked to their accounts. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com podcasts. Another day, another deadline. To limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, greenhouse gas emissions must peak at the latest before 2025, according to the most recent Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report. This is how we live now, not in the biblical end times, but in a permanent time of the end, in the words of 20th century German-Jewish philosopher Gunther Anders. Between the possibility of nuclear war and the forward march of climate change, for at least 70 years a distinctly secular apocalypse has always seemed just around the corner. Time itself is one of the victims. Just take a look around. The mega droughts, wildfires, and category-busting hurricanes we see today are the result of emissions past, a hauntological quirk of the carbon cycle. The acute stress of the COVID-19 pandemic slowed time for some, while for others things sped up. Both natural responses, psychologists say, to the immense stress of lockdown. News of the war in Ukraine, which once might have arrived in a morning paper or nightly program, is transmitted through our screens 24-7. And TikTok trends move at the speed of micro-video, pulling fast fashion and even fast furniture along with it. Everywhere, the past, present, and future appear to be collapsing into each other. Speed has been the name of the game since the Industrial Revolution, according to the German political scientist Hartmut Rosa, author of Social Acceleration, A New Theory of Modernity. For centuries, Westerners have bought into the narrative that we can overcome material scarcity through economic growth, scarcity of time through faster technologies, and a better free life through changes in science and politics, he said in 2015. 
People are pushed to pack in more labor, more consumption, more everything. Yet the more we cram, the less those experiences register in our minds and memories, leading to a profound sense of alienation. Now time is not only accelerating, for many, the future also feels foreclosed. In a 2021 survey of more than 10,000 young people in 10 countries, more than half agreed that humanity is doomed, and many described the sense that they have no future. Individualized eco-anxiety and climate grief, while real and potent, are not the only consequences of this change in tempo. It's modern liberal democracy that is struggling to keep a hold of its authority and imagine a future for everyone. What citizens do with their changed relationship to time is sure to have profound effects for governments around the globe. Conceptions of time have changed dramatically across human history, from cyclical to linear, religious to secular. But scientific time, based on a traditional Newtonian conception of time's arrow moving forward at a regimented speed, is the timepiece of modernity, of capitalism, and of liberal democracy. While more recent physics research has challenged this premise, clock time is still used to structure our electoral cycles, prison sentences, immigration policies, and more, says political philosopher Elizabeth Cohen, author of The Political Value of Time. In this context, time is not an inert substance, but the very soil from which democracy springs. Many wealthy countries, however, are increasingly post-clock. Instead, people's day-to-day -day lives operate on network time, says Robert Hassan, a professor of media and communication at the University of Melbourne and author of Empires of Speed. Since the 1960s, networked computing, which makes everything from social media to Zoom calls possible, has allowed for a kind of connectivity that collapses both space and time. The result is that democratic politics seems interminably slow relative to the pace of commerce and culture, and people's dual identities as citizens and consumers feel more and more at odds. The itch to press fast forward on politics may be one reason 40% of Americans, 54% of the Republicans surveyed and 31% of Democrats, say they would support a military coup in a hypothetical scenario where there is a lot of corruption in government. Other models of governance, from illiberal democracy to fascism, can act more decisively, which holds obvious appeal in our deadlined moment. Only an enlightened despot could push through the measures needed to navigate the 21st century safely, British astronomer Martin Rees has written. Younger people feel it too. One of environmental science professor Sarah Jaquette Ray's students emailed me to say she was so distressed that she'd be willing to submit to a green dictator if they would address climate change, Ray wrote in Scientific American last year. But good decision-making, the kind democracy intends to elicit, takes time. A lot of it. Bills must be read, ideally in full, and debated. Citizens deserve time between elections to reflect on the future they want. Politicians should be afforded patience as they try to enact their campaign promises. And history shows us despots are rarely enlightened. While authoritarian environmentalism may excel at producing policies, it appears to be no better than democratic environmentalism at producing good outcomes, according to The Economist. In China, for example, the Communist Party's policy output has been prolific, yet its actions are inconsistent with its stated goals. As of 2021, the country is constructing coal plants in 60 new locations to avoid power shortages. If used as intended, the plants will remain active into the 2050s. Just as importantly, democracies require a shared belief in a contestable future, a vision inherently at odds with apocalypticism. 
Today, supposedly evidence-based environmental doomism is regularly on display, including in the now-or-never language used in the recent IPCC report. With an eye toward Armageddon, this kind of climate doomism can feel eerily akin to religious fundamentalism, says Phil Torres, a philosopher who studies eschatology in all its forms. While people often frame hope as a psychological necessity in the face of ecological collapse, it is also an essential ingredient in democratic governance, which too easily buckles under the weight of determinism. The problem and the solution, then, both lie in reconceptualizing our sense of time and the way we plan around it. Instead of merely accelerating politics to match the speed of culture, democratic citizens need to devise mechanisms to slow other sectors down and weigh political time more accurately. For too long, democracy has enabled us to colonize the future, the public philosopher Roman Krizhnerich has written. While it is almost impossible to predict what comes next, it is the responsibility of every generation to imagine what their successors might need. In an era of escalating climate chaos, that obligation has never been more pressing. While politics at the speed of TikTok must be discouraged, democratic reform can help us better account for deep time. For example, the voting age in the U.S. should be lowered to at least age 12 to give those who will be living with the fullest effects of climate change and other policy decisions a voice. Democracies should also employ age-weighted voting, which gives certain demographics more votes than others as a means of elevating their perspective. For example, everyone under 21 might get three votes, while those between 22 and 59 would get two votes, and those over 60 would only get one vote. Together, these interventions would help overcome our default devaluation of the future and put more power in the hands of those who will live through it. Even as democracy is protected, some of its more arbitrary electoral timetables can be redesigned for a modern world. To reflect longer lifespans, for example, appointments of the U.S. Supreme Court justices should be limited from lifetime appointments to a non-renewable term between 12 and 18 years. This way, the court could remain comfortably outside of the churn of politics, but not so far outside that it fails to represent the times in which we live. Similar limits on congressional tenure could be adopted as part of a larger effort to bring the average age of representatives down to the current average, which hovers around 60 years old. To reduce the pressure of re-election and encourage executives to focus on governance, the presidential term cycle should also be reformed. Political theorist Rick LaRue has advocated for expanding first terms from four years to six and shrinking subsequent terms from four years to three. Among other possible benefits, this strategy could condense the amount of time a president is a lame duck from half of their presidency to one-third and pull second terms out of the muck of midterm elections. While no one can guarantee that the public or their representatives act thoughtfully, we must always preserve the possibility and, where possible, design systems that incentivize reflection. There's no reason our political reforms must stop with the human species either. Bangladesh, Ecuador, and the White Earth Band of Ojibwe in Minnesota have all enshrined the rights of non-human entities like rivers, trees, and other natural entities, which can outlive humans by hundreds, thousands, or even millions of years, time horizons our species naturally struggles to comprehend. While these ecosystems may not be able to vote for themselves, legal representation, likely in the form of a conservatorship or trust, can advocate on their behalf. Though many of the most urgent reforms target the federal government, communities of all sizes can and should build longer-term thinking into every decision. Appointed representatives, like the future generations Commissioner of Wales, may help. 
But grassroots movements like Future Design in Japan, which brings locals together to imagine how today's policies will play out decades down the line before those decisions are made, have already shown great potential for building community. The goal is not to embrace age discrimination. After all, there are octogenarians who have been fighting for the planet and other just causes their entire lives. Rather, it's to adequately enfranchise those who will live in the future we are creating together. Times unraveling can feel overwhelming. More than anything, though, it feels as if Europeans and their settler colonial descendants are waking up from dream time and only seconds from midnight. For decades, endless growth seemed achievable to many, and moneyed interests muffled the sound of the ticking clock. Now that the peril to the climate, to democracy, to the future itself is clear, so is the potential for change. It's not now or never, but now and forever. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from Wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.